you better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. Yuck, 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 yuck. Ooh, yuck. <laughs> hey, squirrels. Welcome to another podcast of Squirrel Talk here on the Sonar Network. I am the hostess of this comedy show. It's Vicky Lakes. Vicky with an I, not with a Y, because Vicky's with a Y. Do math, just K's, just K's. But please give it up for my co-host. Also, uh, she's headlining tonight. It's Selena Vile. Wait, what am I headlining? This show, the big shoe. <laughs> I headline every week. It's a really big shoe. Mmm, big shoes to fill, big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you, Selena? What's popping, sis? How am I doing? I'm fine. I'm okay. My, my shoulder's popping. It hurts like a son of a bitch. Yeah, we got to get we gotta get checked out. Yeah, I need a little uh, little rubbing. Because uh, you need it for lifting all those uh, those kettlebells. I don't even have kettlebells, but I got, I you know what I did? I ordered the 50-pound weights. I got them out. Uh-huh. Made uh-huh. a huge difference. Very happy with them. It took forever because they were never available for like the, the year. But when uh-huh. they were, I got them. Uh huh. Good. Um, but then I, I think I pulled something in my shoulder. Ay ay ay. So I, I, I booked my first massage, um, since uh, for over a year. So we'll do that. Wow. I'm doing that tomorrow. Well, today. It's Monday today. Yeah. Today. I might recommend seeing an osteopath. Osteopath for my bones. Yeah. Yeah, so no, osteopath is basically like getting a massage, except they like barely touch you. And they just like tweak little things here and there and it's completely painless. Oh, and I then you walk the out of there being like, wow. Yeah, but I want the touch. Oh, uh, I feel yeah. I deserve a touch. You do. You've you've been you've you've been um touch free for the last year. So <laughs> but if they somebody could just look at me and fix it, that's great too. Yeah. I think it's a pinched nerve, really. It's just like a nerve. I think it's just pinching. It definitely most likely is. Yeah, you know how that is. Pinched nerves. Ooh, on my last gay pinched nerve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every nerve I've got is pinched. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, no respect. I get no respect. No respect. Oh, I love that we're doing a lot more stand-up challenges. These are great. Bring so much comedy. Who's your favorite stand-up comedian? Of all time? Yeah, you. For you. Um, I'm a huge fan of Wendy Liebman. Um, oh, I don't know but Wendy. W- when I go back and look at Wendy Liebman's comedy, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of outdated. Um, so she she was like, she looks like a housewife. And she was like, you remember on Kev- Kevin Nealand on SNL, yeah. always like muttered things under his breath. Like he would say something and then the joke would be under his breath. Uh-huh. So she was like that. She'd be like, I'll be at work and I'll just be filing, filing, filing my nails. And I really ran that company into the ground um so she talks like that a lot yeah and yeah, she yeah. was very funny back in the 90s oh she's the 90s what's the last name lieberman liebman liebman lieb spell it lieb l-e-i-b-m-a-n wendy liebman liebman okay yeah you know who i love from the 80s uh, judy tenuta i don't know judy tenuta i know judy gold <laughs> no judy tenuta she'd come on stage with an accordion and uh, she had this whole look and she had the way she talked. And she was like, hey, pigs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she entered. You know what I said? You know, you get them in the first 15 seconds. Judy Tenuta always got them in the first 15 seconds. Good for Judy Tenuta. Hey, pigs. 
<laughs> it's a great intro line. I like that. Yeah, she was very funny. She was like Kate Bush. She was like Kate Bush if she did comedy. Oh, but with a with a graspier voice, with a raspier voice. Yeah, well, she with her voice changed. It was like I can't do it right now. Well, we'll post it on our Squirrel Talk podcast. A little clip of Judy Tenuta. All right, I'll look up Judy Tenuta. I'll post a the little, video on the Squirrel Talk podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Need a little Tenuta. Um, you know who else I love? Margaret Cho. She's my all-time favorite co- comedian. She's really wonderful. Did you watch her sitcom? Oh yeah, that's how I first. I mean, that was in the early '90s before she really. No, she did. She did stand up before that. I actually have yeah. DVDs of her from her early stand up before she got the TV series. Yeah. Uh, but that was when she went um, mainstream, for the, and she was one of the first Asian Americans to ever do that. Uh, one of the only Asian Americans to do first that ever, ever. Yeah, only. Yeah, you name it. So she was like, yeah. and, and also, um, oh God. It, and just you watch her comedy specials after that just talking about her whole experience on that and then how they wanted to like whitewash her and uh-huh. uh, you know put her in this box of like you're too fat and all those things like crazy yeah it's fucking stupid yeah i like that we're in a time now where we're like not not accepting that anymore or trying to anyway and calling that shit out i love this this is the generation where i'm here for i'm like all right let's call things out as they are what you mm. thought was bad was never actually bad and the things that you thought were good, turns out those were pretty bad. So yeah. we're all reevaluating our, our perspectives and outlooks in life and understanding like, oh, the world the way I saw it isn't necessarily how we should be seeing it. Uh-huh. It's how we were told it should be seen. Exactly. And, and, and that I, benefits certain people. I love Margaret though, because she really claimed herself. She reclaimed her body. She ended up getting all these tattoos all over her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't do that for years because she wanted TV work. She wanted to be an actor, right? We all want that. But she was like, right. fuck this. I'm a pansexual, liberated woman. I want tattoos all over my fucking body. And she did it. And she's still a success. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the reason why it's like they're brushed under the rug is because they're also promoted as like model minorities, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, these are the ones who do well in school. These are the ones who are quiet and don't ruffle feathers. Um, these are the ones that like get jobs at banks. Like that, all those like stereotypes of like what an Asian... Um, that an Asian person is like a model minority for like white people to like be like, look, this is what you should be like black people. But then like now we're seeing like their voices are being heard and how there's so much hatred against Asian folks for many reasons. And one of them being um, what um, Trump kind of instigated by calling COVID the Kung flu and the China virus. Yeah, absolutely. Promoting like this kind of racist hate rhetoric. So we're making headway in that, um, but we do have some unfortunate news today that we found out and we want to address that a local Toronto legend and uh, drag superstar, Michelle Ross, passed away. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a lot to take on today because it's just, I, I didn't know Michelle personally myself. I know, I know her as a fan of her. Um, right. And I've actually wanted to work with her several times and she's very hard to get in contact with over the years I've found. Uh, right. I've, I've tried to work with her and interview her and do things like that. Cause I just think she's so fascinating. She's had such a great career um, specifically in the Toronto drag scene and uh, really yeah. helped develop the whole scene that exists here now. She is the pioneer of it, I would say. So it's hard, it's hard to process, process it today. It's hard in this time and day and age too cause we can't really grieve properly for her or can't put on a show properly for her you know so it's it's processing these things of like how to celebrate michelle 
Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of posts going on online right now. And a really good one is by on Instagram, it's Russ Less Less. That's R-U-S-S-L-E-S-S-L-E-S-S, who's kind of like a, a Toronto queer and Toronto drag historian and has researched Michelle and was about to put out something um, that included her and then just decided to put it out today because of what happened. Uh, and so go, go look at his Instagram because there's a, a really great post about Michelle and everything she's accomplished and, and kind of what her career looked like and what it meant for um, the Toronto queer community. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we, we'll, we'll post that on our uh, podcast Instagram as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's just, it's a heavy day to uh, lose anybody like Michelle and also just being, you know, also in, in the day and age of when she started being a person of color. Uh-huh. Color who did drag is just yeah um balls like nobody's ever seen uh-huh. <laughs> and like still performed to the last day she could perform in the bars before COVID shut down she was performing every single week that's right just yeah she had her staple show she had I would watch her just standing on stage just standing sometimes yes. even sitting just sitting on stage and just being showered showered with 20s 50s just people filling her hand with money while she just stood there and there's nobody else who could I don't know I can't count one other person in Toronto who can you know what because she has that respect she really does and if you go on social media there isn't one person that doesn't have respect towards her so yeah I think that really defines uh you know Michelle is who she is and what she's done with her career and and we should all hope to achieve what she's achieved and my heart goes out to Michelle's family and all the um her drag family I mean she's had a lot of drag children over the years as well um yeah who are going to be carrying on the Michelle Ross legacy and if if you if you don't know Michelle Ross she is very much Diana Ross (laughs) like she was a world-renowned impersonator of Diana Ross that's right yeah she's pretty incredible and I have to say like right before I found out this news I was on Instagram and I was seeing really like beautiful, powerful posts by local young black performers like Luna Dubois, Virgo Queen and Naomi Leon all had just like individually posted photos of themselves just like looking incredible and like having a lot of power. And then seeing that Michelle died right after that. And it's kind of like, this is her legacy. Like she's like her existence is there is the reason why they get to exist as well absolutely somebody has to open the door or somebody has to build the door yeah and you know michelle is that person and nobody will ever forget that ever Mm -hmm. and for anybody who's using that door or going through it just recognize who built it that's it yeah know the people that came there and did that for you So I didn't know what to say because like like you, I didn't know her. I've seen her shows, but like I'd never actually met her in person. Um, so I'm just like sitting back and listening and watching. I have a lot of we all have a lot of friends who were her drag children and worked with her very often and loved her a lot. So I'm just sitting back and like reading their posts and listening. Yeah, and I and I love and I really hope that something can come out where we get to hear. I love to hear their stories of people like Michelle mm-hmm. Ross, and, and I also love. Um, that Canada's Drag Race featured her uh, a couple times um, in some of the shows they were doing to promote Canada's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so great that they were representing some, and people like Michelle Dubarry. I just love that they were really 
harking back to the drag queens that built the drag scene here in Canada. So I love that. Yeah, they have respect for that. Yeah, so uh, we, we're sending our respects and our loves to Michelle Ross. Uh, girl, you did it. You fucking did it. I am just going to, you just reminded me, I have one story to share that I just heard today. Um, I was talking to Sanjina Debish, who's a really young drag queen in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, very green, but she said that like her first performance was at Cruise and Tango's, um, like a spotlight, a spotlight show or, or gig. Um, and she asked the boss, like if she can do a Bollywood number and they were like, this isn't the crowd for it. They're not going to like it. Don't do it. And then she told Michelle was, was the show right before her. And like, she told Michelle, she's like, oh, I was going to do a Bollywood number, but they told me not to. And so Michelle went on stage and did a fucking Bollywood number. <laughs> And like the crowd loved it, obviously. And then she went backstage and she's like, do what you want. Like, <laughs> you're yes. going to have a great career. Go for it. She knows. Yeah. She knows. She's a fucking boss. Yeah. Ross the boss. Michelle well, Ross the boss. On that note, shall we get into this week's episode of Drag Race? Yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. All right, let's get into it. And this is a very lighthearted episode. And yeah, I will say um, I'm really feeling the series now. I feel like I, I said previously, like when Denali <laughs> left, I felt like the series started. Yeah, but I'm feeling like okay, this is a great series, but it took like halfway to get there. <laughs> it took us a while, <clears throat> and I forgot. I forgot, it feels like another season that Tamisha Amon was on. Like that feels like a totally different season. It totally does, doesn't it? Like I was watching her on a, on a live, and she was talking about all the girls, and I was like, it felt like she doesn't even know them because it's been so long since she's it was like another month ago i mean they, I, this is one of the few seasons i think they took like almost two months to film usually it's yeah. a month maximum yeah and you can also see it in their bodies because when they first enter a lot of them are you know they're nice and tight <laughs> right and as the series goes on you can see like oh they've been there for some time they've had some macaroni yeah. and cheese <laughs> like you know yeah, it happens. They, i mean there's no gyms available they're in their hotel room <laughs> so who left last episode tina burner tita burner and we both said that they did her dirty i think they did they did yeah i felt bad for tina you know I, you know tina wasn't my favorite favorite on the show but you know i had to recognize like this that episode was definitely you know they were trying to burn the tina yeah, that was not her weakest episode. It just, it didn't make sense to me at all. And Utica herself thought that Tina deserved to stay. She's like, I can't believe this. Like, she should have been the one to stay. Oh my God. So she literally has fake <laughs> tears on her face. <laughs> and she's like kind of crying. But there's like, there's, she has drawn on tears on her face. And then she yeah. just flips immediately to like, did you guys like my lip think? Yeah. She's so confusing. Well, it got mixed up to that. She's like, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? Do you want do you want to win or do you wanna? I don't know. I, don't I know. feel I feel very confused about Utica after this episode. And I'm gonna yes. to my original statement of she has that energy that makes me concerned. <laughs> yeah, you initially on episode one, you were like, I can't with this person. <laughs> I just I was like, I sensed a weird energy, and I'm gonna go back to that after this episode. <laughs> yeah. Full Mama circle. Was right. It's a full circle moment. Mm -hmm. But we're finally in the top six. Took a while to get here, but we're here. We're finally here, and the only person who does not have a win is Candy. 
Yeah, and she's real pressed about that in her little um what she what does she look like? she looks like a little jawbreaker or something, this little <laughs> grin outfit. Yeah, she and it's funny, when someone says that, it means they're either in for a win or a lose this episode. So Candy, don't ever say it out loud because something bad might happen. Yeah. I can't even do math. And then she wins. <laughs> it's not a role. She really just has to keep putting that into the universe. Say that the things you know, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we come in the next day. Here comes RuPaul. We get a, we get the mini challenge, right? Yeah. So it is a live makeup tutorial on how to create perfect glam selfie from Norvina's palette. Uh, she created a palette. Her name is Norvina from Anastasia. No, that's that's a drag queen. Anastasia Beverly Hills. <laughs> She's hot, Norvina. Jesus, is this? I don't know what Norvina um, identifies it as, but she is like an out, another worldly god goddess. Now I have a question: Is she the current CEO, and it was actually developed by someone named Anastasia Beverly <laughs> Like who's Anastasia? Who's Anastasia? And I can't say Anastasia without saying Anastasia. Thanks yeah. a lot, Starzy. It's um, it's Anastasia Ananakwe and Monica Beverly Hills were the uh-huh. co-creators. That's uh-huh. that's right. That makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Anastasia <laughs> Beverly Hills. She's the, she is the, um, the Oz, the woman behind the curtain. You know, yes. nobody knows. Nobody knows who what she looks like. Mm, but do we know who, like who's Mac? Do we know who Mac is? Who the fuck is Mac? Reveal yourself, Mac. <laughs> Big Mac. <laughs> um, I love this challenge. I thought it was very fun. You know what? I love when they do these kind of improv. This is an improv game. Right, yes. we, you do yes. these in improv shows, but I love when they're pulling these out because they're just like perfect. You know, you're gonna get laughs with them. They're kind of yeah. cool. These are great for Drag Race. Yeah, and the three people who were the talkers were the best talkers. Like they were, they're really good at like off the cuff um, improvising. Right. So what it is is that one person stands behind and is their arms, and the one person is the talker. And uh, they're doing makeup, so they slather the face and makeup of the person behind them, and then the other person explains what's happening. It's great. So yes. The pairs are Rose and Can- Rose. Rosie. And Candy, what do we think of them? I thought they were great. They were a great team. They were very funny. Um, and a story. Very good. They were very funny. I, I would chance to say this is the funniest I thought Rose has ever been. <laughs> yes, we're finally getting to see why she thinks she's a comedy queen. But she was very funny. But she was also just in the moment. I feel like when she's in the moment and just off the cuff, maybe she's funnier. Yeah. Which is actually yeah. a hard skill to have. So good for her. Well, this is also like, she's a very subdued person. She's not a big personality. So for her to just be sitting in a chair and not be able to move and just have to talk, like that's where her strength is. Yeah, we need to put, yeah, we need Rosé in um, a crazy jacket at all times. Give her the straight jacket. <laughs> the straight jacket, yeah. Now that's funny. There's comedy. That's comedy. All right, and then the next was Simone and Olivia. Yes. Also very funny. Also very funny. There were some great moments where I think I think Olivia was just grabbing the powder and then she yeah. hit it. And then Simone just commented on when she hit it. It was very funny. Yeah. Little moments. Yeah. They were great. Got gotten Utica. Okay. I have something to say here. Uh-oh. They were both great. They were both hilarious. Gottmik is obviously a very funny person. Utica's arms hilariously comically large or long, sorry, not large, long. I do not like, this is the problem with Utica, is she takes things too far. Don't ever stick your hand in powder and A, make another person 
suck your finger and much less if there's powder on it like that shit does not go in your mouth what the fuck were you thinking well i i mean gotten they could have just closed your mouth and said no but i mean yes but I, yes i agree with you i agree with you yes yeah I will say that Gottmik was a very desan kind of girl. She was taking absolutely it, taking it to the face. <laughs> Gottmik is a star, and actually, Bob the drag queen tweeted uh, yes the other day. Um, why is no one talking about how Gottmik is the comedy queen of the season? And I think Bob is right. I'm going to be talking about that after this episode. Let's keep going with it. But I thought they, I thought they did really well. But I, I do agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I think Unica yeah. crosses lines, and she doesn't realize. Um, there's lines that she sees and she won't cross them. And there's other times she doesn't see any line and she crosses it. So Exactly. It's so, this is why I can't figure Very this confusing. person out. Very confusing. Small town mentalities, you know? Yes. All right. So the winner of this is Rosé and Candy. I thought that was great. They were wonderful. Good for them. And also just Norvina looks fucking awesome. I love this queen. I'm obsessed <laughs> with her. I want to be her. I want the palette. She sold it. Give me the palette. Do you have the um, Alyssa Edwards and Stars of Beverly Hills palette? No, actually, I only bought my first palette like <laughs> a year ago. What do you mean, first palette? Because I have like I buy like the little um, what are they called? Just the little. Um, you just buy individual eyeshadows. Yeah, I just buy the individuals, but then I, I decided to get a palette. Do you want an, a, an Alyssa Edwards one? Because I bought four. Oh yeah, I'll take one. You bought. Okay, four. I have to find it. I don't know where they all are, but if I find them, I'll, I'll give you one. Why'd you buy four? Here's why. It's because they're discontinued. Oh. And then and then Marshalls and Winners started selling the leftovers. So anytime I was in a Marshall or Winners, I would pick one up. Oh, wow. Okay. Coupon queen. <laughs> That's right. Mama June over here. <laughs> I think they're done now completely. Give me that. So, uh, give me that Alyssa Edwards secret palette. I shall. That's a good palette. All right. All right. I'll check it out. I'll eat it. Well, I have to taste it first. You do. You have to stick it in your mouth with your finger. Mm-hmm. All uh, right. So we find out the maxi challenge this week is a nice girl's roast with Miss Congeniality winners. Hey. And uh, since Rose and Candy won the mini challenge, they get to come up with the money order. Yes. Um, and as we learned, Rue likes it when it's shady. What's shady? The running order? The running order, yeah. But... This is different, and I like how they do this. So that we start with Rosé and Candy. Are, you know, they have the little conference together, and they discuss which role they want to play first. Uh-huh. And um, they both wanted to open, which, again, like, I would love to open myself. I love opening. It's kind of like, because then you can kind of control the energy, and then if the energy goes off anywhere else in the show, I don't have to reel it back in myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and headlining is okay, but it's, there's a lot of pressure on headlining. So personally, I wouldn't want that either. Yeah, last position is very, very difficult. First is ideal. Yeah, but a lot of people don't like doing first. So I'm surprised they both wanted it. But Candy wanted out. She took it. And uh-huh. was like, all right, all right, baby, 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 all right, baby. I'm going <laughs> to up to the plate, baby. So she's going to she's gonna headline. Very good. Very yeah. good. And I like that she was like, all right, it's time to step up and challenge yourself. So let's challenge ourselves, Rosé. Honestly, though, like, this is how I'm feeling. It's like, if you're going to play, like, be there and, you know, step up to the plate and take, take risks. And yeah. you have been the person this whole se- season saying you are the comedy queen. Uh-huh. Let's put up or shut up. Put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. And she did. She put it up. 
And the girls they're roasting for the uh, Miss Congeniality is Heidi, Nina, and Valentina. And mm -hmm. I actually love that uh, we had a little Valentina mask moment. And RuPaul admits that Valentina was right. That's cute. We it love that. Very, it was very funny. Yeah. 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 She was right. Well, what's that? She was right. That's right. Put well, your fucking mask, your mask on. Wear your mask when you're lip syncing, will ya? Seriously. Um, Simone is very worried. Simone, this is not in Simone's wheelhouse. And we're well, seeing some concern. No, I think Simone is worried, but also God Mick is worried. This is not in God Mick's wheelhouse. Correct. So it's interesting to see how they both handle this um, personally. Uh, but now they're all getting around to write their jokes, but they also have like a, a little meeting with uh, two of the judges, Lonnie Love, who is a stand-up. That's her, that's her bread and butter. And yeah. Michelle, Michelle Passage, who is not a stand-up and she doesn't eat butter. Correct. But Michelle is well-versed in roasts um, and she can read people like crazy, so. Oh, she was great. I thought Michelle, yeah. I mean, Lonnie didn't say anything. <laughs> Michelle did right. all the notes. But I felt like uh, Michelle really like understands what they're re required for this show specifically. And I thought that was really helpful. Cause you know, if you're doing a roast at, at like a club or, you know, it's like venues are everything for comedy, right? Yeah. It, whatever you're doing, it's gonna change the dynamics of it. And if you're doing it on a stage for a TV show with no audience again, by the way. Uh-huh. Changes that dynamics. Totally. I mean, comedy period with no audience changes the dynamics. It's tough. It's tough, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. So what are we doing with the uh, uh, feedback? Any, any interesting feedback that happened when they're going over their jokes with them? Well, yes. Okay, first of all, I do like that Michelle told Candy that we should be able to hear her words. That really made her think about slowing down and, and getting the words out so we can actually hear the jokes. I think that helped. I think she took the note and it helped her. Yes. I was kind of looking forward to this stand-up set where I was like, oh, boogity, boogity, boogity. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> um, and yeah, Gottmik was very worried, but when she showed up, she said her jokes and they liked them. So like, she kind of like realized, hey, I do comedy. Yeah, she was getting a reaction, which was nice. Um, and actually, Gottmik reminded me of me because like, I... I'm also terrified of roast. Like I do comedy, but like, I feel like reading people and roasting isn't uh, uh, one of my strengths. Um, and then I thought back to when we did the roast of House of Licks with me, you, Chansa, Hillary, and Hugh over on Tom Hearn's show. And it was a lot of fun to put together. And I was like, wait, I like this, this is fun. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what Olivia says when she walks up to them. Um, and she can she confuses being nice with not being able to do a roast, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not about being nice. It's about telling jokes, honey. Like it's it really people people say this all the time for reading and things too. It's like, no, it has nothing to do if you're a nice person, because that's kind of insinuating that people are who are good at roasts and stuff are just assholes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why they can do it. That's true. Uh, so I, I never like when people say that because like, well, hold on, if I can do a roast, that doesn't mean I'm a fucking asshole. It means I can do a joke and take a piss out of you and still make you laugh. Yes. Right? So I, I don't like that mindset and, and Olivia is definitely in that mindset. She is, she is. She's quite nervous. She, I don't think she really has the jokes. 
You know what I love though? Lonnie gave one note to Olivia, which was great. And said, you can use your cuteness to shank them. Yes. And that's the truth of it. You really can. And you know who's great at this? Ross Matthews. Absolutely. An adorable little squirrel or chipmunk who can, you know, give you a biting comment and you'll still love him for it. Ross is known in like the comedy world as like the nicest, the nice queen. <laughs> like that's what they, yeah. they, they do. But they can, get away, they can get away with murder because of that, right? Uh-huh. It kind of gives you a lot more opportunities because if you're kind of like more of a, I don't know, who's who's more of a, a grittier... Um, Bianca Del Rio? Yeah, but be, yeah, let's say if you're Bianca, I mean, there are some limits to what you can get away with, whereas what you could get away with, you know, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosé is the next person, and uh, I mean, what can you say? She's just pretty good. She does pretty good, but she's just very confident in her. I mean, she was working on her jokes in the workroom, and she was doing this like Alyssa Edwards, like, ha, yeah. ha, ha, oh, <laughs> I can't do that. Oh my God, it was so funny watching Simone's face as she was doing that. Yeah, the people who get a kick out of their own jokes. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's always like, okay, let's see how this plays out. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> but it also like shows that she's just very confident in who she is. So I don't think she could really have said anything and she would be able to deliver it, you know, at the very least. She understands the delivery. Yeah, which is half the battle. Yeah. And and we see that in the actual showing. That was half the battle. The girls actually had some some jokes, but they didn't have the delivery to do it. That's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately, Simone has neither. (laughs) Well, this was what I thought. No, I actually thought she had some decent concepts. There. like she had concepts yeah but there was she needed to edit the jokes like there's there was just so much happening it did just like the joke traveled all over the place you were like okay wait where's stop and go stop <laughs> yeah and like she would stop to explain the joke to the judges and and if you have to explain a joke yeah and she also does i told i, I mentioned this last week is that she has a character voice that she drops into and it's the factory voice. Like she dropped into that factory voice um, well, for the rehearsal and in the show. Yeah, I did think that she didn't do it as much in the rehearsal mm-hmm. as she did in the performance. We'll talk about the performance. Um, but I wish if she had that they had mentioned that to her. Yeah. Um, but which, it wasn't a terrible choice. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Okay. Um, and so Utica comes out. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, so I'm, let me just say at the top, I can now understand why the girls were so pressed when Utica pulled out her book of reads during that dinner. Yes, <laughs> there you go. There you go. There it is. I can now see like, okay, she's got um, another side to her in her diary. She doesn't understand timing. She doesn't, under- she doesn't read the room. Like she doesn't, know, like she doesn't know when she's going too far. She definitely doesn't know when she's going too far. I don't know if it's, she can't read the room. It's just, it's just like, I don't know. There's just a lot. And she goes over this fat joke. She had a lot of fat jokes. Yeah. Um, and when you're doing jokes like that, it's like you really have to come up with something that's not offensive to somebody or something that hurts their feelings. Because it's so, yeah. you're teetering that line of just being an asshole that's calling somebody fat. You know, uh-huh. you can comment, comment on how people look, not just fat people, but skinny people, whatever. Nina West's linebacker shoulders, commenting on their image, right? Yeah. But you have to be tactful about it. Yeah. And there was none. And just with her and Lonnie, it was already really uncomfortable in the rehearsal. I was like feeling bad for Lonnie. 
and this is where I say she can't read the room is because Lonnie and Michelle were both like, boo. And then she just kept like poking them with it. Like she turned it on them. Like they were like, hey, that's too much. You can't say that. Um, it's, it's just like a little mean. And she's like, oh yeah, is it mean? Like, are, you're fat. Like she, she didn't say you're fat, but she like turned the jokes right back on them. It was. And kept it going. Yeah. Like, there's definitely, ugh. there's a lack of awareness there for sure. And it's, uh, we've seen it this season before. Like there's been a, a, lack, a lack of awareness around her. Yes. But it's also funny because this is a person who was so deathly afraid of being offensive with uh with like racial like racial undertones yeah somebody who didn't want to wear a fro but well has no problem with saying you're fat to somebody's face <laughs> yeah and then we just see how unaware she is when she comes back into the workroom and is like i did great they hated it but i loved it yeah it's so strange there's also the thing of like tone and intent you know it's also the tone that she was using yeah. And the intent felt, the intent felt different. It didn't feel like a joke. It felt like there was a te- an intent there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. It was uncomfortable to say the least. And it feels like she was trying to be edgy. Like she knew exactly what she was doing. And she was like, oh, I'm going to be edgy. And if they don't get it, that's on them. <laughs> that means that I did it right because I, I pushed boundaries. I'm going to be edgy doing my Disney Plus comedy special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Timon and Pumba. Timon and Pumba. Like, we get it. It's not funny, Utica. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that. And then I guess we get into the girls getting their makeup ready for the show, right? Yeah. And they all kind of are talking about comedy getting them through tough times. Yeah, that's all I wrote down in my notes. I didn't actually pay attention to what they were saying because it didn't seem that interesting. <laughs> well, it is, you know, it's, I mean, a lot of people underplay comedy or don't even realize how important comedy is. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the reason why most comedians, like, a lot of comedians have had really tough upbringings and, and deal with depression and anxiety and alcoholism and a lot of different things. And, like, that's because that's, like, they use comedy as an outlet. And that's why they're such great comedians is because they use their pain. Absolutely. I mean, it's that, that old dodge comedy plus time equals, no, what is it? Tragedy <laughs> plus time equals comedy. That's it. I got it backwards. Comedy plus time equals tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could also work. Um, it could. You know, so it, it is super, I mean, I've certainly felt that in my life, like it's definitely helped me, me through a lot of things. Um, and I know a lot of people who've been very sick or they've had traumatic accidents. And there's always something that I, I go back to that I remember. Um, was in high school, this woman came to talk to us. We had a drunk driving, you know, seminar thing that we have in high schools. Right. Uh, she was in a crash and she had some like neurological damage. So she had a bit of a speech impediment and like her body, like the, her, her nerve endings. So her body wasn't reacting the way it used to. So she would walk a little funny. Right. Um, but somebody asked her, how do you get through this? And without like skipping a beat, she just said, you know, I have a sense of humor. <laughs> like, right. That's how I get through this is I have a sense of humor. I wake up every day, I look at life and I see like the good, the good in it and without getting into the depression part of it or turning my, the things that have kind of held me back and I turn that into my positives. Yeah. And for me, that's yeah. always stuck with me. And I just, I just love that. I just love that mentality. Oh, for sure. You, you kind of have to have that mentality. Otherwise like life just gets you down. Yeah, listen, life is not simple. So, 
And, you know, there's a the other thing with just comedy is a way to kind of be an activist as well. I mean, there's some great comedians like um, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, his name is blanking me now. It was Margaret Cho's favorite comedian. Um, oh, who's, <laughs> a black, who's the black comedian from the 60s? Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, yes. Yeah. Right? Like these comedians are like, they revolutionize concepts and ideas. Mm-hmm. Right? Even Aziz Ansari before he, he was outed <laughs> as a predator. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but uh, thank you for ending on that note, Selena. Great, thank you. We'll, we'll cap off this, comedy, it's comedy. We'll, po- we'll cap off this positive rendition of why comedy is so important by, oh, and Aziz Ansari is a predator. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you really know how to read a room, Selena Vile. Call me Utica. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, I guess we're going to get into the show now, right? Let's get into it. But let's take a break first, I think, yeah? No. No, there's no runway. I'm kidding. Yes, of course. Ay, ay, ay. It was a joke. We'll be back after this break from our sponsors. Very funny. We are back from that break. Hi. Did you squeeze your rubber chicken? Did you choke that chicken? It went, oh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it, does it normally do that? Yes, every time I squeeze it. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Just was a little concerned there for a second. No, it's a, it's a normal sound. You choked that chicken, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are getting into the RuPaul's Nice People Roast. Is that what it's called? Sure. I think it's a nice girl's roast. Nice girl's roast. We got to keep it gendered over here. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's comment on what they're wearing too as they come up. So first up is Candy. Well, first of all, let's say judges are Michelle Visage, RuPaul, Ross Matthews, Lonnie Love. No yes, audience. Those are, those are them. No audience. But girls, queens are on the side watching. That's right. And let me say, again, similar to what we were saying about Drugger's UK, of how being a good audience member, the judges are really giving them stuff, I feel still. Correct. And more than that, the queens on the side are giving them stuff. And that's so important. Yes. And I yeah. feel like we missed that in the Drag Race UK. I felt the girls were kind of just focused on themselves and not listening. But I felt like in this, because it is a roast, you, you are just naturally involving anybody anyways, right? Yeah, they kind of just like let them die in the UK. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a different, I mean, stand-up versus roast is different in terms of that, but I just, yeah. like, I like the energy in the room, despite the not being an audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. There was, they're actually, they're really, they're, they were all there to laugh. There was a good energy in the room. Yeah, yeah, well, good. All right, so first up is Candy Muse. What do we think of what yes. she decided to wear for her, her little roast? I mean, it was kind of Axiom? off the, yeah, I was going to say off the rack, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It actually was quite Axiom, wasn't it? I think I have that dress. Yeah, I think you do. Um, she was going for a real woman. And yeah, it was like that. I mean, the dress was, re- I mean, it's hard to judge for a comedy thing because, you know, you can kind of get away with anything. Jeans and a t-shirt's fine. Uh, oh, for sure, yeah. But yeah, this wasn't my favorite look just in terms of a garment. It was a little cheap, yeah. Yeah, but but like this wasn't about what they're wearing. Like they could, they, as you said, they could have worn whatever. I think she looked nice. I think she looked very pretty. 
yeah, I think she looked great. You know, again, like if you wear too much, it's distracting from what you're actually doing. So I thought she looked good for what she was doing. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. What do we think of the comedy? She came out with big energy. She came out and owned the room and like really started off the show in a really strong way. And um, she was quite funny. And we heard all her jokes. I also wanted to say, we didn't really talk about their, their order placement. So we, yeah, so Candy decided to open um, but what they also decided was that they wanted to create a strong show, right? As opposed yeah. to the UK where Ellie was doing it and she was kind of there to sabotage everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we heard an earful from Lords about all season. But <laughs> this group was like, no, we want to put on a good show. And I thought that was the best way to think about this was like, put somebody strong at the beginning, somebody strong mm-hmm. in the middle and somebody strong at the end. You want to do a good show, of course. This is exactly the running order that Lawrence wanted. Yeah, and that, I agree with Lawrence, and Lawrence deserved that. So going back to that whole Drag Race UK thing, this is why that's important, okay? Yeah. It makes a, it just makes a good show. Yeah. And like you said, she had a great energy. She's a natural host. I think she's great at it. Yeah. I like she knew what she, she was doing. Yeah, I like when she addressed um, uh, the Asia Valentina thing. That was great. Mm-hmm. I don't like that joke. I didn't think that joke was funny, but I like that she addressed it. I, I, I may not have been the funniest, but same with even just addressing that there was no audience there. I just like that she addressed that stuff off the top, you know, because we're all thinking it. Yes, that one, that joke at Michelle about there being no audience, that was very good. Yeah, I liked when she called Nina a stadium. I thought that was a clever way of doing it. Yeah. Clever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, getting positive test results from the clinic. Yeah, and uh, all her RuPaul is so old jokes. Yeah, she was. She had some good jokes there. Yeah, but they're also taking the piss out herself, which I thought was great. Yeah, yeah, and she, you know what? In a nutshell, her jokes just were kept simple, and that's all you need. <laughs> that's all you need. Real simple, snappy jokes. She was great. Yeah. Good job. What's her name? Candy. Good job, Candy. You, you don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know her name. <laughs> Who's after Candy? Here comes Simone. What do we think of this look? I think she looks incredible. She looks so gorgeous in that like, is that finger wave hair? Is that what you would call that? Um, her like old old Hollywood styled hair and that like gorgeous gold. Is it LeMay? Yeah, it's a LeMay. Yeah. This does, it gives me like an old Hollywood, like uh, Oscars, you know, it's definitely that kind of moment. Yeah. Or ho- she's yeah. like hosting the Golden Globes or something, you know? Yeah. She looks beautiful. Yeah, this work is great. And this works great for comedy too, I think. Unfortunately, it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Getting into her factory voice. So this is a choice that she's made. And now I see what you were saying last time, although I didn't agree that she's done this all, the whole season. But she definitely pulled this one back out for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's that thing of like knowing when a joke works, which it worked for that challenge, which was like a year ago in the series. Yeah. Um, but she recognized like that works for her. So she was trying to like milk it. Yeah. It's like a character she puts on. And I think it's great. And I think it is very funny. And I don't even think that hurt her in this, but I just think she didn't have the jokes or the competence to pull them off. Yeah, when you're doing those kind of specific characters or characterized voices or whatever, um, they're harder. They're harder to do for comedy because, you know, it's all it's all about being authentic. And so if people feel like you're not, they're already check out. Yeah, there was one character 
in the past that I think really worked for them. And that was when Nina Bonina. Oh yeah. Did that old church woman. Yeah. Uh, that was brilliant. I mean, you can do characters. Let me say like, you can totally do characters. It's more like, but she put on like a full character character. You know what I'm saying? Whereas if some people do like characterizations as themselves, it's a bit different, a bit different. Yeah. Um, so she had punchlines. She actually had very funny punchlines, I thought. She just didn't have, she had zero setups. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And the setup is just as important as the punchline. You can't have a punchline without a setup and vice versa. So she had, she had funny punchlines, but there was nothing getting there so we can laugh. Yeah. And it was unfortunate. I wish, I wish, I don't know what happened in the meetings with the, 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 the judges, the comedy judges, but I wish they had addressed that with her. Yeah, I agree. And I'm sure they did, but like it's it's hard when it's not something you know how to do or that you do very often. Like it's it's hard to just pick it up in a day. Oh my god. And I love that, you know, they're trying out these stand-up for the first time on a national TV series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine that being your first stand-up set? E- no, I can't. I would be shit. I, I would shit myself. I would shit. Mm-hmm. I would walk up there, poop, and then hopefully not pass out. <laughs> my first stand-up set was in a very safe space. It was in my friend's cabaret show that nobody went to. So I literally performed for, I think, an audience of six. And I was like, oh, I'm brilliant. Let's do this. Oh, so I did the same thing, except that none of my friends laughed. <laughs> they just stared at me like i was having a train train crash (laughs) (laughs) good friends and i was like the fuck guys come on (laughs) this is gold here tough crowd that was a tough crowd yeah best friends still friends with them Aw, is it marco was marco one of them no it's before marco (laughs) Ah. (laughs) now marco loves my jokes please (laughs) marco laughs at everything i say (laughs) that's why i have him as a friend okay Getting into Utica. Yes, let's get into Utica. So she come on, so she commented, she did a good thing commenting on like Simone's burn uh, bomb. Yeah. Which is good. You know, you should it's address, always good. What, address what's happening. Yeah. Got a laugh off the top. Yeah. But then she got into her material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, she's like she's doing these Disney jokes. She made like a whale, like a like a Finding Nemo joke. There was the Timon and Pumbaa joke. Like it just doesn't like these jokes would kill at a kid's party, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Like, we are adults of a certain age. So she was either like really junior or like just really, really offensive. I don't think the Timon and Pumbaa joke is bad. I, I think it's a fine joke. And actually Nicole Byer tweeted that she thought that Utica's um whale joke was actually funny. But then she went on to dissect of like what wasn't funny about it and like why it actually went wrong. And it comes down to like Utica's not understanding the tone and like what she's putting out there. Yeah, not getting the tone. That's it. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite part of this is obviously you say what you have to say first. No, I was going to say the same thing. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say my favorite part of this is when she calls Lonnie a terrible comedian and uh-huh. Lonnie just breaks out laughing be like, ha, 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 you're the one bombing. <laughs> I love that she burst out laughing. <laughs> that is so funny to me. Oh, that's so, and then she just starts heckling Utica. That's so good. 
Yeah. And then just the entire thing turns against Utica because then she brings up RuPaul and then RuPaul just gives her the finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it is a well-known fact that RuPaul like wears sweats under the table. Like she's not like, I'm sure she took that. She was wearing a um, a belted tulle skirt when she came on the runway and I'm sure she took that off. She was, to no, sit she, was, down. she was wearing a full bodysuit. So she was wearing that bodysuit, but she should Yeah, but the tool belt, I think she took off, like the tool train. Yeah, but she should, nobody should have to stand up just because you asked them to. <laughs> so yeah. I, I would finger her too, absolutely. It was just so funny to me that like, of all people, RuPaul's fingering Utica during a comedy challenge. Like if you had told me this before I'd watched it, I would have been like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's very good. That was, the, it was actually my favorite set just for the reasons of the judges like heckling her. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like this is what we're going to remember. Oh yeah, the judges turning against her, so good. Yeah, there's already two memes. There's a meme of everyone laughing at, at her, at Lonnie saying that Utica's bombing. And then there's a meme of RuPaul's finger. So like it's already brought out two epic moments. It's perfect. This will be, this will go down in history. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. We're getting into uh, Got Nick, right? Yes. So, same thing. She comments on Utica off the top. Uh-huh. Very smart. Good for her. Yeah. If I were you, if I were Got Nick, <laughs> if I was in that position. Oh, you know what we forgot to comment on Utica's look? What did we think of the look? Did it play against her or for her? I think neither. It was very Utica. It was very it was, traditionally Utica. It was very Utica. It was like, but it was it was more of a subdued Utica. So it worked for what she was doing, I thought. But also, yeah. like, it didn't work. I didn't feel like it worked for her either, I guess. I don't know. And Ross said it was, like, the most beautiful thing she's worn on the runway. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's had some incredible outfits. I know. It was like, Ross, are you Ross was being shady again. Yeah. But if I were Gottmik, I would have correlated... Utica bombing to um, Nina West um, going on the view and making Megan McCain an honorary rule girl. What? I would have been like Utica's performance was worse than Nina West. The only thing worse than Utica's performance was Nina West going on the view and giving and like making Megan McCain an honorary rule girl. I guess that could have worked. Yeah. By the way, Megan has them all blocked. She has what? That's them all blocked. Actually, wait, wait who, who's they all? Well, it was, it was Nina West and Monet that were on there. And I think Adore? And Megan blocked them? Yeah, there was a whole falling out thing that happened and she has them all blocked. <laughs> Good, because as far as I know, uh, Monet and Nina not only never apologized for it, but they doubled down on it and like were rude to everyone who was calling them out on Twitter. But then Monet did eventually be like, oh, okay, I did my research and you guys are all right. Um, but Nina, and I don't think ever did that. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Well, I mean, why are we getting into this now? <laughs> well, because because Nina's there, because Nina's there. And, and I'm really upset that no one brought it up and I wonder if production told them not to. Well, also remember that Nina's whole storyline on her season was, was her conservative family and being part of the Republican Party. So um, that you know, it's it's a different story. It's a different story for Nina, right? Mm -hmm. But Nina also went out there and was like, "Pride or trans flag? I'm I'm here to like support trans people." And then she goes and makes an honorary rue girl out of the person whose husband, whose board she sits on, 
um, is like anti-trans kids and trying to make it illegal to let your child transition. Yeah. So there's a conflict of interest there. I gotcha. I gotcha. As far as I know, Monet has uh, reputed, or what is the word I want? Uh, Rebuted? Rebooted? Reputed? Um, Refuted? Uh, sure, refuted the Megan McCain thing. <laughs> and Megan now has Monet blocked for sure. Good. Yeah. And uh, that's that. So we're moving. So there we go. Moving on, moving on. Maybe they did write some uh, McCain jokes in there. Who knows? Um, yeah, I have a feeling production was like, nope, we're not going there. Yeah, um, in a roast, I think anything's on the table. Yeah, but I bet you anything, Nina, was like the one condition of me coming back here is that no one brings it up. Um, I don't want to villainize Nina. She is Miss Congenial. We're vil- You're villainizing her now. I know, and I'm actually happy to villainize her because I think um, she's not the nice person that she says she is. I don't know if I agree with this, Selena. <laughs> but that, those are your opinions. Those are your opinions. They sure are. Okay. <laughs> those are my opinions, not Vicky's, just so we're all aware. There we go. Okay, so got make. Uh, first of all, I like what she's wearing. It's something subtle, uh, but it's still got it's still fashion element to it. And I like the hair with it. It's giving me like you know like a uh, like a Chelsea Handler okay late night vibe. I don't know. All right, if that makes any sense. But uh, I loved, I just loved how natural and comfortable God was. Totally, and she's really like shining. Oh, so good. And she, she, first of all, she had smart wordplay. Very smart. Yes, yes. Like, she didn't go for, like, the low-hanging fruit. She went She went high. Yeah. Um, jokes like the pizza delivery joke with Ross was a great way to, to do a weight joke. That was very funny. It's so funny. It's that so was fu- such a good joke. It's such a good way to go around it without saying, like, you know, you're fat. Like, you don't need to do that. You can make a funny joke without doing that. Yeah. And it could apply to anybody. We all love pizza. <laughs> sure. I just think it was, I just thought they did an incredible job. Um, uh-huh. I'm so impressed. I think like what they say later on in the deliberations, they could do stand-up. I generally feel like God could help. I think they could host a late night TV show. Totally. Yes. Yeah, God Mix got it for sure. God Mix got it. <laughs> Here's George Jetson. <laughs> okay, here comes Olivia. She does her, her playing sign- a character. Does her signature walk. <laughs> <laughs> this one walk, like pisses me off so much. I was like, somebody trip her. Uh, Olivia. <laughs> okay, what she's wearing is a little cocktail dress. I hate this dress. Uh, it's hideous, isn't it? It's ugly. I, I hate this dress, but I love her wig. She looks good in yeah. orange. She does. It works she, for her. Take a note, T- Tina. Take a note. Yeah, Tina. This is how you do orange. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, Olivia's playing a character the way that we said can work for or against you. And I don't think it works against her. I just don't think she played it correctly. We don't see her enough to know this character. The same with Simone. We don't see enough of that factory person in the workroom, whatever, to be like, oh, that's Simone, right? Mm-hmm. For her then to play that up. Like, she comes off as a dumb baby. Yeah. And I, she- I, I just, I hate, I hate dumb babies. Part of me thinks she's playing Chriselle. Chriselle Strauss. I don't think she knows who Chriselle is, Selena. I'm going to be honest. I don't think she has. I know she really doesn't. <laughs> but I don't believe she that. had a moment in Untucked where she asked, "What did you guys think of me?" It was a very Ellie Diamond moment. And then 
Rosé tells her like why she thought her set didn't go well. And she goes, okay. And it was the exact same okay that um, Chriselle gave to Davina when Davina called her out for talking about Mary and her fiance. Yeah, basically like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I see it, I see it. She was reading her cards way too much. I mean, she starts her set, her first joke, she's reading the card. And it's like literally at her, she like, I don't know if she needs contacts, glasses, put them on girl, you're reading. Totally. Like she was, put, she had the cards up to her face. <laughs> yeah. Which I get she was trying to do this cute character, this cute baby just being like, <laughs> but I was like, no, this isn't working. No. I hated this. I hated this more than I hated Simone and Utica's just because it didn't, she was reading off the paper and then the, this whole baby voice thing was like pissing me off. I didn't hate it more than theirs, but I do think she did very poorly. I hated it. I bet I, in saying that, I thought she actually had better jokes. Yeah, that's the thing. So I thought she had jokes, but I was, that's why I was like, delivery. Yeah. It's not delivery. It's Delicio. It's Delicio. <laughs> okay, here comes Rose. Closing the show out, just like a white winged dove. Sing a song. Sounds like she's singing. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she looks gorgeous. I love this outfit. Very, this, Judy Tenuta would wear this. There you go. There she is, Judy Tenuta. Very Judy, and she needed an accordion, but otherwise. Uh-oh. Um, um, this gives me funny lady of the 80s. I, I think it's a funny look for her. It's good. Fashion clown, finally. Um, it's It feels very signature rosé without being pink, and I like that. I like that it's got a tackiness to it, you know? Yeah. It's got the fringe coming off. It's giving me, yeah, it's, there's like a tackiness to her. And that's, I'm okay with that. I don't have to love it. But oh, like, I, I get, it shows me more of who rosé is. Yes, it really does. I feel like this is the most quintessentially rosé outfit we've seen so far. Yeah, yes, I agree. It wasn't, she didn't look like a fucking frilly oven mitten, God bless. Yeah, I'm really glad she did not put this outfit on Tina Burke. Oh, Tina would have looked great in this, though. <laughs> yeah, but then rosé wouldn't have been able to wear it. She would have I had to know. wear that, that ugly little dress with those zip tie sleeves. That would have been funny, too. Okay, so rosé... Um, so I put like her, she had jokes, but they didn't feel fresh to me, but she sounded confident. So it didn't matter. I wrote down confident as well. Um, yeah, I was into her jokes and I liked the way she delivered them. And the problem with Rosé is she's kind of um, stoic. Like she just doesn't have a lot of range vocally when she's speaking. So we don't really get ups and downs and um, and it just kind of falls flat when she's speaking. It's kind of like monotone almost. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I totally get that. Yeah. She, she reminds me. So what I'm getting from Rosé in this series as a whole, and just I noticed it the mostly with her doing this number, was um, I see her as like a chorus or backup. You know what I'm saying? Yes. She doesn't stand out as the Beyonce to me. She's a Michelle or Kelly. Well, the Beyonce is Jan. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> But that's but that's what I'm saying. On a large scale of the show, I can't see her being a drag superstar as herself. But in terms of an ensemble, I think she would fit into a great ensemble. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Like whenever I watch Stephanie's Child, she's like the the other two are the two that I look at, and then she's always like, oh, she's also there. 
Yeah, she gives me that vibe. I'm sure she's worked on Broadway or she started in Broadway or something of that nature, right? But I get this vibe that she was a backup chorus person at some point or, you know, or like, um, what do they call the people? Oh, I can't think of words anymore. Ensemble. She's in the ensemble. Um, with the people that are like, uh, uh, the, they're- A chorus they're, girl. You no, know, they're trying to be the other character, but they're only if the other person's sick. The understudy. Oh God, the understudy. <laughs> Yeah, no, she. No, she could like, be the, the under, she could be the understudy for America's Next Drag Superstar. Sure, why not? She, I mean, the big joke in New York is like every drag queen couldn't make it on Broadway. That is the joke. That's the joke. Unfortunately, it's a reality, but. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, and she still managed to brag about herself in a rose. So there we go. Yes, <laughs> I like it. She had good jokes. They were fresh. They were. Uh, well delivered. Good for her. Where are you right now? Are you in a gas station? Oh, are you hearing a lot of stuff? Yeah. What's happening? Are you getting? Are you being put into a trunk right now? I am. No, I'm. I'm driving on a on a road that has um, a lot of potholes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're in a trunk, um, being taken to a discreet location. Oh well. <laughs> Should I be concerned? Uh, no, I am. Listen, the podcast will get done no matter what, <laughs> whether or not I'm about to die. If you're in trouble, you don't have to say anything. Just blink twice. Okay. I'll know. Yeah. Can you see me? Yeah. There we go. Sounds like she's okay. Okay. So that, so you said she's had fresh jokes. I didn't feel like the jokes were fresh for me personally. I had heard those kind of jokes before, but. I mean, nobody else would have said that about Heidi, about like Heidi wanting to fuck her within 10 seconds. I'm sure that was a true story. It is a true story. <laughs> Heidi is very thirsty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Soft and shuffle. And then the uh, the girls go, on. Oh, by the way, when they introduced the, I love that, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Calm down. When they introduced the girls, they uh, had played a little theme music to each of them. And I like the music they chose for each. Wait, did they all have different music? Yes, Valentina, like Nina came out and I was like, bam, 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 bam. And then Valentina's was like, do, 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 do. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was very, like, identifiable for them. Yeah. And I, I like that they that. had them sitting on stage as well. That for me made it uh, a real roast. Yes. Yes, for sure. It would have been, I wish that they, that those girls had had more time to give a roast of their own. Well, I'm sure but... they did, but they just cut one joke in. Yeah. And they got to get one joke in. <laughs> and they got to get one joke in. Um, did you ever watch those Comedy Central roasts? All the time. They're my favorite. I love roasts. Yeah. But, you know, the, roasts have changed, though, because comedy's changed, too. And if you watch the old roasts, like, you can't really get away with what they used to get away with in those roasts. Yeah. So it's, it's this weird line of, I mean, they haven't really come out with a new roast in a while. Um, and I'm yeah, I'm curious to see how they go about that now with everything that's happened. I know. Martha Stewart is always at those roasts, which I think is fucking hilarious. That just proves that anybody can do comedy. Like, really, anybody can. I mean, she didn't write her jokes, but anybody can do it. It's delivery. Right. She can still deliver them. She can deliver it. She knocked it out. Actually, okay. a lot of the Rue girls have um, their roast jokes written for them when they do those, like, Haters roast shows. You know who writes them? Who? Jackie B. Jackie B. Yes. Jackie B writes them. And then the girls get pissed at her when their jokes flop because of their delivery. Uh-huh. And Jackie's like, that's not my problem. It's you. 
Uh huh. <laughs> no, it doesn't really matter. You can write the funniest joke. It's the person delivering it. And that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's how you deliver it. It's all about that baby delivery, right, baby? Baby, 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 baby. I'm going to say that for me, Rose was, if, if I was like comparing their performances for the people who did good to like steaks. Yeah. Rose was a medium. Uh huh. Annie was medium well. Uh huh. And Gottmik was well done for me. Gottmik was your top. Yeah, Gottmik was my favorite. I thought they did an incredible job, especially after two people bombing in the middle of a show. That's a hard spot to be. It's very hard. You're right about that. So I think they needed to give extra credit. And just beyond that, they had the funniest jokes. Yeah. And delivery. Yeah. Give it to Gott. I really thought Gott was the funniest. Gott should get it. Well, there we go. You said it. You said it. Okay, we're getting into Untucked. What happens? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of shitting on Utica, I guess. I don't really, I don't really know. You, we're not doing a RuPaul's podcast. You don't have to pay attention. That's okay. So, well, yeah, yeah, Untucked isn't really like the main <laughs> thing. <we've done. laughs> I mean, I didn't want to watch it either, but I did. Okay, so the fact that you- I didn't know. I watched it twice. I just didn't find anything remarkable to talk about. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. So the, Great. <laughs> the fact that Utica knew she was bombing, but she had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, that's where I'm getting really confused with this person of like, where, what is your mental state? <laughs> Like, yeah, the fact that you know you bombed, you had the worst bomb, you got heckled, you got fingered by RuPaul, uh-huh. but you still enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. What a confusing being, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to say about Utica because I don't get Utica anymore. At first, I thought I did, and then now I'm like, okay, I don't know if if uh, if you're someone that I need to think about anymore. Now, is that actually this episode specifically? Um, it was a little bit last episode as well because mm. that just really started driving home that like she just doesn't get it you know where it really was it was in the improv challenge because I yeah, that hate that was a while ago and it was really like I hate that style of improv where you just like keep talking and don't actually say anything I hate that so that's where I was like oh wait a minute there's something about you I don't care for I agree. I saw it at the beginning, but I, I kind of gave her some leeway just to like see what else she did. And I, I liked what she's done a lot of the race, I have to be honest. Listen, her runways are so good. But I also just think she's a wacky character. But I think also Gottmik brings up an untucked as well, like the crutches. Um, and Gottmik used to have a crutch with just doing her white face makeup, right? And so yeah. she realized like, I can't be doing that this race. And she, she's, she's really done it once, the whole thing, really, I think. And she's pushed herself outside of that. And, but she recognized that that was a crutch for her. Yeah. And I just think that's so important. I think Utica really is resting in this crutch of goofiness, of like, of that masking something else, you know? It, it is a mask. It is. And actually, I, noticed, I remember in the, in the promos, Utica was very like, I'm kooky and I'm spooky. And I'm like, okay, you're telling us what you are as opposed to just being who you are. And I don't like that. Yeah, it's it, there's just like a, a little level of inauthenticity there. Yeah, I think the girls uh, noticed that a while ago, and it's uh, you know it's coming to head now. Yeah. Um, so they also bring up so the the Miss Congenials come in. That's right, they do take their seats, get a little Q and A, uh, and mm-hmm. they ask the girls who do they think is going to be the fan favorite of the group, 
And they're just kind of thinking, Olivia, do we think? I could see it being Olivia just because she has that like sweet nature, that like wide-eyed. It's the audience. It's the people watching Olivia. It's not the people with her who are going to decide that. No, I think if the audience is voting, it's probably going to be Simone. Yeah, right. I don't think I don't think the audience is coming along with Olivia. I think they're seeing through her. Oh, totally. Because we've seen the shady moments, and like you and I have been at the forefront of calling out her Christianisms. We have been um, at the We have done our duty. <laughs> we reported, we've reported the truth. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think like if Simone doesn't win, that's congeniality, and maybe even Gottmik. Yeah, I think there's more people that will get that over Olivia for sure. I could name a good five. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Olivia's but, in the running anymore. I think when the season started, people were like, oh yeah, obviously. But like, you know, we, we learned more about people. I think it's all voted on by the cast now. though. Like, the audience doesn't get a say. Right, but they voted after the series has ended. They don't vote on it there. Right. So they're watching the series, and I think they're seeing Olivia's, you know, confessionals and all that stuff. Yeah, their minds may change. Yeah, and they're paying attention to social media. So, yeah. Um, I, I will say now that I, we've been saying forever that Simone is the front runner, and I can't, nobody's really catching up to her. I mean, there's people like Gott who are doing well too, but I think the race is on now. I think Gott is kind of at Simone's pace, if not overlapping Simone at this point. Yeah, well, Simone's been in the bottom twice, and Gott has never been in the bottom two. And God has just been doing very well. She's surprised me completely. So I think God could be a front runner and could win this. Got to be real. Got to be real. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm putting my money on Gottmik right now. I do think Simone is a very deserving winner. Um, but I think Simone is going to be doing incredible things, even if she comes in second place. I mean, it doesn't really matter who wins nowadays, you know? Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, they're going to be on all stars. They're going to do whatever. It's fine. They're going to come back as Heidi in Closet. You're, you're good. Yeah, they're going to come back as Heidi in Closet. Um, and Rosé is doing quite well as well. They're the top three right now for me. See, again, I can't see Rosé winning, though. She is like a backup. <laughs> I don't see her. I, I literally only see it between Simone and Gothic. But I do see Simone. I'm sorry. I do see Rosé being in the three. I, I also could see that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so we're back on the runway and we're deciding who the winner is. It's Candy. It is Candy. Oh my God, I, we forgot to talk about when they were in <laughs> the deliberations. And as soon as RuPaul mentions Utica's name, Lonnie just starts booing. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I don't blame her. I mean, she was kind of really coming for Lonnie and like personal though, like making it personal. That's so funny. <laughs> I love the Lonnie Utica dynamic. It's so funny. And RuPaul gave Utica the finger again. And Utica's like, I love this. I got two fingers from RuPaul. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Oh my God. RuPaul's very funny, though, too. Fuck. She is. She's a wonderful comedian. She is very funny. I would actually love to see her. She never really did. She never did stand up, I don't think. But she's, I mean, she hosted a show, right? Like the like her. her she had VH a talk show. Show. She did her openings, you know, opening segments and stuff. Yeah, she, so she can tell a joke, no problem. Yeah. But I think I would love to see her do like a, like her talking about herself in stand up. I think she'd be very good. Yeah, she would. All right, so we're finding out Candy won. We thought she should have won. 
I'm okay with the win. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to fight it. I would. I thought Gott should have won that personally. Yeah. Well, she didn't. Well, I'm, I'm angry about it. <laughs> Good. Be angry about it. Write your letters. Um, at least Rose didn't win. Oh, God. And that's all that matters. <laughs> This good-looking boy who does drag just wins everything. Come on, I can't. I can't. Yeah, you can't have everything. you can't have it all, Rose. I'm sorry, you can't have it all. No, you cannot. And the bottom is turns out to be Simone and Olivia. No, 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 uh, Utica. Wishful thinking. Um, Simone and Utica. Do we agree? I do completely agree. I actually do too, because Olivia, although I just didn't like the delivery at all, at all, I thought it was the worst. She had jokes. She had jokes. Yeah, she had jokes. So we have Simone and Utica. What song are we lip syncing? Um, something by Ariana Grande. No tears left to dry. Okay, great. No tears left to cry. Dry. No tears left to dry. Oh, I guess. It, yeah. Okay. Fine. Sure. I think that I wrote that down. I think I read it. <laughs> honestly i checked out as soon as ariana came on i was like okay i yeah. sure, i just i can't listen to like that that album of ariana it just, it just goes straight through me it's cry i just looked up no tears left to cry well part of me but yeah she's very i don't like all her songs blend it like any one of her songs can be another one of her songs for me that's it like i just would never know they could have done this song on the, on the show before but it would have been like oh it's just ariana grande it's, she does the same stuff yeah. Um, so I wasn't, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't totally paying attention. Okay. <laughs> to this. Okay. What did you think? Well, it's not like we're recording a RuPaul's podcast, but anyway, here we are. Well, I just claimed <laughs> why I wasn't paying attention. You just um, didn't care. True. But I cared about Simone. She has that thing that, like, I've talked about it before in the first week where, like, the light just finds her and she just has to move her face and like not even her body. She just has to stand still and will completely own the entire room. And I think she really showed that magic in this, uh, in this performance. Yeah, I think I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Why did was, again? Was she was really doing? great. What was Utica doing? Um, Utica was actually okay. She wasn't like being too much and um, she, you know she served the song about, very well. What's crazy about Utica is she loves lip syncing. She's really hammered that home. She loves it so much. I wouldn't have expected that from her. Like, it just, she doesn't strike me as like this massive lip syncer. Maybe because she's just so, she is so goofy, but she has had the ability to do a song and not do that. She really, yeah. she, she is able to inhabit the, the energy of the song. So that's why it feels inauthentic to me that she's always that person. I don't know. I know it's it's fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but she no, she she did a good job, and uh, they both did. But but Simone was just like incredible, and so she took it home. She got to win. She got to stay. She got it. She got it. She got Mick. She got Mick. Yeah, and that is that, and that is that, and she said what she said, and then Utica had to go. Gave your Paul a finger. But first of all. <laughs> before she left but so again if you had told me like this person who had entered and like on the first episode who said curses to you rupaul if you had told i'll me get this, you for this rupaul that's it if you had told me that this person will be limited and give rupaul the finger i would have been like are you crazy yeah and guess what 
she did it. Yep, that's pretty. That's pretty great. It's very funny. <laughs> um, but RuPaul had a sense of humor about it. She got the joke. They laughed. They all laughed. It was the, that was the funniest joke of the night. <laughs> Set up by RuPaul, punchline by Utica. Hey. And that was that. So we agreed. Utica, this was Utica's time. She said, Utica, what was her what was her exit line? Um, when you think you can't, Utica can. Utica can. Well, you can't always, but you know. Yeah, you always can. But um, she was fine. She was great. She did a great job on the show, and then she did a bad job on the show, and then she went home. So <laughs> everything's great. And that's it in a nutshell. There we go. <laughs> you, do good, you do bad, you go home. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just how the cookie crumbles, Utica. Yep. So, yeah, felt like it was her time. Um, I'm happy we got to see her as long as we did, though, because she has some incredible fashions. And, like, she really, I think she's going to be, like, a designer after this, personally. Yeah, you've been saying that. You're a big fan of her fashions. And she is a fucking fantastic, she has an eye, an incredible eye. She's got concepts. Listen, she may not have jokes, but she's got concepts. Yeah. And I'm excited for what she develops with that, for sure. I'm getting really curious as to what the finale is going to look like. Like, I wonder if they filmed it the way they filmed All Star or um, UK Two, which is that they're going to do the entire finale on that stage. Yeah, I wonder hard, how to hard to say. Yeah, or if they're going to do a Zoom meeting again. I would, I would hope personally for myself. I would hope they had done the stage version. Me too. Yeah, I would rather that. I think. Because they're still doing it for all stars. Like, it's not a concept out of the box for them. Like, keep doing that. And the only reason they didn't have it for season 12 was because they had already finished the season when COVID had happened and they were yeah. planning to do the live big theater finale. Yeah. So I think they're going to have the foresight to not do a Zoom. I think it's going to be all, I think it's going to be all done on stage. Yeah. Oh, I hope. Mm-hmm. All right. We will see you, squirrels, next Monday because we've moved uh, our podcast to Mondays now for the remainder of the season. Remember to subscribe, write, review, all those goody tooth-shoe things. And uh, send us us a DM. Send us some money. And (laughs) no episode tomorrow, kids. No episode tomorrow. So if you're planning on that, please uh, just take a hot bath instead and just listen to Mm -hmm. some cool Jan Arden. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I really should have known by the time you drove me home. Oh God, I'm going to pass out in this tub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drowning in here with Jan. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right, girls, we will see you next Monday. See you then, Selena. Goodbye now. Bye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. So